1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass. This week, we meet Cosmopolitan Editor-in-Chief Farah Storr, who explains why we all need to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And we meet the two young actors from the National Youth Theatre who are changing the face of theatre. Do you like to hang out in your comfort zone? I mean, I definitely do on a Sunday, but most of the time I like a bit of a stretch. Our next guest thinks we all need to leave it and get a little bit discomfortable is the word I'm gonna use because the book's <laughs> called the discomfort zone. Uh welcome, Farrestor editor in Chief of Cosmopolitan.
0: Thank well, you. I like yeah. that new word. <laughs> Discomfortable. You. Discomfortable. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Discomfortable. Uh
2: the discomfort zone. What is the discomfort zone? Well, the discomfort zone is and and, and you know it, it's different for everyone, but it's that moment um when you step out of what you feel is comfortable and doable actually. Um, so it's when you push yourself into um, into a metaphoric state I suppose that you didn't think you were able to manage to do and you can do it every hour you can do it once in your lifetime you can do it once a week but it's different for everyone but I think the thing is it's vital that that people do it why is it vital Because comfort is not our natural state. I mean, if you stay in a state of comfort, you you stagnate. Um, You know, I know lots of people who they kind of wake up and they get to their kind of 40s and 50s and they go, how come that person's over there and I'm still here? And and it's like, well, do you know what? They push themselves through the hard stuff. and, And that's what ultimately made the difference.
3: I think, so is it, I'm, just from that, I'm sensing discomfort in some cases is, is more about the big things because as you're talking I was like but should I if I'm in bed and I'm nice and I'm warm and I'm cozy mm-hmm. and my friends are saying but you must come out because there's nothing going on at home there are no men on your sofa does that mean should I be going out and, and leaving my comfort zone of my blanket I and have like sent that before <laughs> yeah you have <laughs>
2: because mm. my position is no I don't want to no I don't think so I, I think this is much more I mean it is literal and metaphorical I think if you're cosy under your cashmere blankets <laughs> on a Sunday <laughs> uh, and I need to do way more of that uh, no I, th- this is about big life changes so you know it, look, it could be on the small kind of uh, scale of it it's you know you're comfortable with what you're doing with your health but you need to push yourself but it, it's more and the book is very much about those big changes so life changes mainly career but it could be relationships mm. it is it's those those big challenging things that actually you know most of us can manage to get out of the duvets your discomfort zone that I'm talking about is the one which actually we hesitate to step into and you, over your career you've probably had quite a few of those to become editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan what are some of your big discomfortable moments my discomfortable moments well do you know what I mean I, I was saying someone the other day um, most of my life when I look back on the successes I've I, I've had in my life all the major ones have been um because i've gone through periods of of discomfort um and and so look you know the the first two editorships i did well the only editorships i did the first one was um women's health it was basically a startup it was um very specific challenging um conditions tiny tiny minuscule team tiny budget had to sell a certain amount of of copies from the very first issue um very challenging. launched it right yeah i launched it at a time of kind of cataclysm for, for 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 print really um nobody had ever heard of the magazine so there was a, there was a massive kind of sort of damocles over me which was like is is this going to be worth it because i gave up a really well paid four day a week job i just moved back from australia i just got a mortgage and here i was being offered um being offered the editorship of something which actually might not work mm. um, it was very difficult. Um, and, and then Cosmopolitan was different again. In fact, it was the opposite. It was a big um, heritage brand um, with lots of expectation. It had had lots of success, but it had to go through a period of change. So both of those, you know, touch wood, have been successful. But throughout my life, you know, it, it's been like that. Farah, yeah. how do people
4: um distinguish between the discomfort that is gonna move you mm. forward in your life and like you say, you know, your career is, has grown on those uncomfortable moments. Um and things that they shouldn't be doing because I just feel like this, this modern day when we're much more talking about our mental health, the word anxiety comes up all the time. And, you know, I grew up without the word anxiety mm. and I just knew that I felt scared about presenting, for instance. Right. But I knew that I had to keep being uncomfortable until presenting became comfortable. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, I can do that now. But I've met people who've gone, I'm no good at presenting because whenever I do it, it makes me feel really
2: anxious. Right. And, and, and I think that's the thing. And that's the moment in, in 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 culture where we are in society at the moment where anxiety is through the roof. We know this. I mean, you know, most of my readers, not all of them, but most of them are millennials or iGen. Um, anxiety is, is huge, but there is um, debate and I am not the expert on this, but there is debate about, you know, you expose yourself and we know exposure therapy works you expose yourself to the very things that frighten you but you do it under a controlled measure you don't throw yourself into something you don't throw yourself in front of you know 20,000 people and go I've got to learn how to public speak you know that whole phrase of being thrown into the deep end I don't quite believe in that but I do believe in that things don't necessarily get less scary but you become braver by gradually exposing yourself to them. And, and and I think that, you know, I think culturally, um, I think and this is I guess this is what worries me the most, is that I think at the moment I worry that we're going through a moment when people go, if you feel scared, if your heart's racing, remove yourself from the yeah. situation. And actually, you know, we know physiologically, excitement and fear, they they manifest the same ways in the body, but culturally we are told don't worry, don't do that. And I'm not sure personally that that's the right message. No, I mean, is that
3: something you picked up from the athletes that you speak to in the book? Because you interview athletes and entrepreneurs and I'm guessing you ask them about those moments when they do the assessment, is this excitement? Is it fear? Is it stress? And actually, can I turn this and use it for a positive? Please?
2: Yeah, I mean, athletes are brilliant at this because obviously they have so much coaching and they spend their life, uh, you know, um, examining their body and, and, and what, what their body is mm-hmm. going through and before a race. Because, you know, you have nanoseconds, literally nanoseconds. Um, you know, we've all done this saying, uh, you know, I mean, God, I used to... Um, I used to hate acting, but I would go onto the, the stage. I, I, I was in something called Manchester Youth Theatre. I was terrible. <laughs> uh, I was fully aware I was dreadful, but you know, you have that moment where you have a you have nanoseconds to decide whether are the are the kind of physical manifestations that I'm feeling is it because I'm scared or is it because I feel challenged and excited? And you've got to make the decision really quickly because if you don't, you will be overwhelmed by fear. And then, of course, we all know the thing about stage fright where you are literally you cannot think, your thinking is clouded, you cannot move. And so that's the thing that athletes are brilliant on is the mental switch. And it really is a mental switch of telling yourself... I feel completely invigorated by this. Your whole body changes. Your lungs your lungs expand. Your blood flows quicker through your body, and your mental process becomes sharper and smarter. So anybody can do it, but I think you're absolutely right. Athletes, in particular, entrepreneurs. I think just do it intuitively. Athletes understand because they have learned the process. And How did you learn the process? Lots of reading. You know, you know what I mean. It's like, and I, and I remember actually. Um, I remember I met. It was another journalist actually years ago um when i was talking about public speaking and i didn't love it um talking about well you, you know feeling scared and feeling excited is kind of similar and you just have to tell yourself and i was like god that's not true And then obviously the more I looked into it, because I had to do public speaking, as I I kind of got closer and closer to being an editor, it was quite clear that this was part of the the gig now. Um, And and so I remember looking into it, and the more I looked into it, the more it it, it became very clear. And, And probably why I wrote the book, because I became quite obsessed with if it's as easy as simply telling yourself, then why doesn't everybody do it? But, you know, it goes back to what I'm saying about culturally. I think we are told, if you feel scared,
0: Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking.
1: Time for our Badass of the Week. Emma had her first win last week on a first high. First of many, actually, Harriet. <laughs> well, we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> uh, mm. uh, we'll see if you can hang on to your yeah, crown for this week. Feeling confident. Feeling confident.
3: Uh, who would like to go first?
1: Go Natalie. Go first. Go first.
3: Well, so I'm going first with this badass of the week because I'm going to keep plugging her until you give her some is respect. It yes, again. It's Rihanna because... Right.
4: I think we've got to have a rule. Look, it can't be Rihanna. No,
3: no, right. Okay. I think Rihanna's going to be one of those people that it's only when, God forbid, in lots of years' time, people realise just how much of an activist and humanitarian she actually is. And so anyway, Rihanna was reportedly... Um, the number one choice to perform at the NFL Super Bowl, which is the big performance ahead of um, the final game of the NFL season, and she turned it down because she wanted to show her support for Colin Kaepernick, Ka- 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 who has been, um, who is the NFL quarterback that kneels during the uh, U.S. national anthem, uh, in, to show his support for. All of the young black men, men and women that have been either gunned down in the US or, or treated uh, appallingly um, through various um, problems in in the system. And I just think you know this the NFL is the holy grail of any artist' performance. Michael Jackson's done it, Madonna's done it. Um, Janet Jackson, beyonce, you know, all big names have done it. So they've heard to say, Do you know what, if she was the number one choice no because i don't i don't agree with who you are nfl and i don't agree with the way that you're penalizing other players because they are now finding players that also continue to kneel uh and colin himself has been shut out of 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 the league i just think this is this is the power of what artists and people can do and it shines a spotlight on things that we forget to talk about sometimes. The fact that there are huge injustices going on all over the world. And sometimes it takes an artist who has the power of millions behind them to just say, do you know what? No. Especially when it can be a a, a moment that pr- propels their career into an even bigger um, plane. So she's my badass of the week. Like it do you know not.
1: what? Generally, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time for the Rihanna line, but... This week, yeah, that's a
4: a strong contender this week, I feel, Nap, strong contender. Yeah, I I think it is strong. I would just like to say that I think nowadays, 10, 20 years ago, the NFL was a big deal because of how many eyeballs were on it. It was the most watched thing, and that's why everybody wanted to be on it, and I think now rihanna doesn't need to be on the nfl so i feel like there's a there is an activism there but i feel like it's in less the us
1: a...
3: it is the super bowl is st- it is still, still a huge 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 um it's the biggest thing you, yeah
1: yeah big sporting event of the year exactly yeah. it's
3: it's one of the biggest platforms you can have in terms of people watching i just you trying TV. to take the
1: edge off her
4: badassery so that stop,
3: she stop. she's run. badass
1: emma just name your badass of the week and make her
4: better that's all you got to do My badass of the week is Stella McCartney because I don't know if you saw her video, her her advert that she created which was all about breast cancer awareness and it had Idris Elba um, narrating, talking over, I don't know if it was, it was it was quite poetic what he was saying but the cinematography, if that's the right word, was amazing. They had all different women and men showing different relationships, showing scars, showing mastectomies. It was filmed beautifully with Idris Elba talking over it. And it was just the the copy, um, the script... It was just a really beautiful piece of work.
1: I haven't seen it. I'm presuming it's an advert for the Stella McCartney brand.
4: Yeah, so she brings out these sort of adverts for her, like, you know, spring fall. But she I don't know why she'd done one particularly for breast cancer. Her mum died mm-hmm. of breast mm-hmm. cancer, yeah, didn't yeah. she? But this piece of... It is a piece of art. And I've got to say, I've never seen so much... I just thought it was so beautiful. It was beautiful because of the diversity of uh, people in it, um, of also the fact that there were uh, breast cancer survivors in there. They, like, they zoomed in on people's scars, on people's mastectomies, and they were just sat there really sort of regal. And then to have Idris Elba, who's such like a masculine man, talking about you know the, the journey that these breast cancer survivors go through, it was a really beautiful piece of work game-changing piece of work and I don't know why it hasn't become a I want to see it on I think it was on mainstream tv but I've mainly only seen it on social but I just thought amazing that Stella McCartney has put out such a beautiful piece of content that I think changes the conversation and changes the way that we see and view breast cancer and survivors of breast cancer
1: potentially now what do you think
3: strong so, contender I, I hear you but as I was listening to you what popped into my mind was also Stella McCartney charging lots of money for mm-hmm. the culturally appropriate... Yeah, Id, I did think Ken about Cato. that actually. That's that well. was
4: a uh, before. Yeah, uh, there was a bit of me that wondered. I love that. Just, I'm just like throwing that out there to just. Did corporate? she come back on that though? She did come back mm, on that. No, no, she didn't no. really, no.
3: Um, But it completely. I in terms of the message and with you being a creative, I know how amazing it must must look. And the message is, is definitely definitely important. I cannot take that away from her.
1: Okay, well, mine is very quickly Sally Hughes, mm-hmm. the journalist. So I absolutely beauty. I love she her, her not writing. Your badass before no okay. no I love her writing. And a few about a year or so ago now, she set up something called the Beauty Banks, mm-hmm. where she gathered and then donated beauty products to food banks and women's refuges. And she and her friend just set it up just the two of them, they got thousands and thousands of products sent and they said we want the practical stuff. We want uh, sanitary pads, we want shower gel, we want shampoo, but we also want the stuff that... You love, but you're not able to afford. So we want the moisturiser, the spot cream. If you're a girl with acne who's going to school and feeling terrible about it, we want this little stuff. What would we call them? micro luxuries? That's what mm. you call them, isn't mm-hmm. it? The micro luxuries, because just because you're in poverty does not mean that you should have to go without. So she did that, which was incredible. And then this week, she wrote a really incredible article about being somebody who is estranged from a fam from a parent. And the difficulties that that brings up in life, particularly kind of in this time of year when people are asking you what are you doing for Christmas and uh, well, you know how which parent are you seeing and something And she wrote this really beautiful article about it, and lots of people responded to her on social media and said thank you so much for writing it. I really appreciate it. I'm in that situation too. And as a journalist, that happens. You know, people say loved it, and you go thank you very much, and then you move on to the next article. Sally Hughes actually went, you know what, this is not okay. And she set up a closed Facebook group for people that are in a position where they are estranged from a parent. And the Facebook group is there to support you, to provide space to talk, to provide a space for you to meet and just share your stories with other people that are going through something similar. And for that, I was like, do you know what I love about her? She is a woman who talks about what's going on is honest about it, and then takes action. She took some action to help other people. And she doesn't gain anything from it. She doesn't make anything from it. It's not really, you know, doing anything for her career. She just saw people need this, and I'm going to do it. And for that, she is my badass of the week.
4: Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? So,
1: quick results. Who are we voting for? I've got to go, Rihanna and
4: Nat, I'm afraid, Ems. I think I have to go with Sally Hughes. Like, I love Rihanna. She's been badass the week a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and I I think you're right, Harriet, for somebody to do. So, and it, it's not uh, talking about estranged parents doesn't do anything in terms of her like career alignment. Yeah. That is a proper like. Oh, hang on. There's a thing here. I can set up this thing, and this will. And I think that's pretty badass because, yeah, yeah uh, she's yeah. Nat, you have got the decide and vote again. Who are you going for? What is it? One Rihanna, one Sally Hughes. Stella didn't yeah, get a look in. Stella
1: doesn't, so far has not got a look in. Oh, it's but so that's open. not fair, because I can't vote for myself. No. So okay. I have to vote for you. Well, you could vote for Stella and then we'd be in a standoff. And oh. then what happens? I don't know. I'm going to vote for Stella <laughs> I want to vote for Rihanna. <laughs> that was a red rag to a ball. OK, well, we'll go to a producer decision and we'll let our producer decide.
0: Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking.
1: The National Youth Theatre has been London's gift to theatre, I think. Uh, many, many, many years ago, I auditioned to be in it. I was not good enough. No they wouldn't lie. let me in. Really? I That's know. I know that. I mean... <laughs> I was not a great actor, so it's probably a great yeah. good decision on that, Bob. Uh, but it feeds and builds some of our greatest actors. And we've got a couple of the current cast in the studio with us now. We've got Alice Bielankulu and Osluka Obi. They are the stars of the latest production, Victoria's Knickers. <laughs> Guys, welcome. Hello, thank you. Osluka, give us an overview. What is the play about?
5: Uh, well, the story follows um, Queen Victoria. Um, just before she ascends the throne. And and it's kind of like an untold story um, about a forbidden love um, she had. Um, now, I play the character Albert, or Prince Albert, um, who historically, there's a lot of stuff that's documented about our relationship, but um, there was a guy called Boy Jones who broke into Buckingham Palace and would steal the Queen's underwear. It's true. And what we've done is we've made that into a really amazing um, musical and fantastical story. For you
1: guys, I mean that's it's amazing. Tree, isn't it? <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Alice, how yeah. did they find out about this story?
0: How did they find out? I mean, there's loads of, there's not that many articles about it, but there's a few stories about him breaking in quite early on. She was quite young when that happened. Um, there's a book on on Boy Jones about <laughs> it as well. Um, but it's so special that we get to tell this story, so many more people get to find out about it. Yeah, so, it, yeah.
5: It, it, it's weird because uh, a lot of a lot of things historically about Queen Victoria about you know about the figures in her life that you know mm. we, we glorify like yeah. myself yeah. Um, or the character I play yeah. um, so it's really cool to do a story about um, almost a forgotten person in, yeah. in, in her time
0: and plays such a big part well especially in our production yeah amazing. Alice who are you playing? I'm playing Queen Victoria amazing I know. so <laughs> I have to
1: ask if you are two black actors playing mm. two white characters mm. has what has the
0: response been to that? it's been great I think the way that um NYT and the company um ourselves how we've gone about it it's not really been um it hasn't dictated how we yeah. tell this love story. It's it's just about two people who fall in love, two people who aren't meant to socially yeah. really go um go about it and it's yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah.
5: I think I think also there's there's kind of there's artistic merit and value in having historical figures played by people of different races of different mm. genders different cultures because it educates the audience that audiences that are watching yeah. you know th- these shows mm-hmm. that the main theme of of the plays is, is love mm. and really love is like universal so exactly uh, you know we've eradicated all the differences by having a, a cast that reflects yeah now yeah. Um, and the truth of it yeah Victorian okay. <laughs> <laughs> the side of it I
3: it's it's theater it is performance Mm -hmm. and so realistically you are watching a performance and all of the things that people assume or make up um, ideas around why they matter don't because Mm -hmm. you are just watching a love story and watching it unfold and I've never heard of queen victoria has been <laughs> stolen <laughs> i'm guessing stolen yeah, 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 while she go. was princess victoria <laughs> <laughs> um and young, so you yeah. play a, a young a young yeah princess victoria into queen victoria into
0: queen victoria and then later on in the play it's cu- the the time scale it, it goes over many years as well so the the main the core of the play is while she she's just about to be coronated and then how she goes about in and how she leads the country. And the many obstacles that she faces personally, and equally in terms of how to to lead the country as a young girl. So
3: Queen Victoria was a bit of a player, from oh, what I'm realising. Like, oh, you know. yeah. She was.
5: <laughs> She is. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm realising this as
0: time goes on. Yeah, it's yeah, quite nice she, to have more than
3: one person yeah.
1: interested
0: in you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah I, like I mean she <laughs> had a lot of children, so she was clear. Yes, yes. Nine. Good grind to be <laughs> one, of them, one of them was actually called Alice, which I don't know if it's a sign. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meant to be. How much prep
4: goes into putting on a performance? Like when do you mm. start? Like preparing? Mm. How do you learn? T- tell us a bit about that for any of our listeners who are like Art. curious about becoming actors.
5: Well, for us personally, we're a part of an amazing programme called um, NYT Rep, which is based on uh, a traditional rep model um, created by the artistic... What's club. a rep
3: model?
0: Uh, not, like...
5: Basically where uh, actors or an ensemble of actors would get mm. together yep. and yep. they will um, rehearse more Multiple than
0: plays, yeah.
5: two or three plays... And then showcase those plays um, simultaneously or in conjunction. Oh wow,
0: so you've got yeah. to learn three things. So yeah, we're currently wow. working with three different plays. And that's training, directors. is it, yes. for your acting career? Yeah, yeah, yeah Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so, so important, we, yeah.
5: So we, we, along with Victoria's Knickers, we've got a play uh, called Consensual, yeah. um, which and is about um, teacher-pupil relationships. And we've got uh, uh, Macbeth. Um, and interestingly, our Macbeth is 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 played by a woman. Yeah, oh um, um, wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, Ooh. we're juggling with those as well, which is which is amazing. So we've rehearsed. We've had three weeks each, and now we're on, three
3: up. weeks for three plays. Oh, no, no, for three so weeks each. each. Oh, yeah, yeah. As yeah, yeah. okay. right. so I so was about to learn, say, that's superhuman. So you
4: learn them simultaneously, and then you will perhaps do one for three weeks, and then you'll do the next one for three weeks. And then... So it's
0: similar. So, for example, with, uh, so we started off with consensual. So we would learn the scripts for that. We'd do our character development and research for that. And then we move on to the other two, so equally have the same amount of time for each play. But it's more about juggling how to keep those characters for those wow. plays separate, and just didn't, and it's just like the experience is amazing because you get to learn different co- crafts from everyone else in the company, and it's just yeah, it's yeah. just great. It's yeah.
5: great, and there's, there's 16 of us, and what, what's really really cool is and something we'll probably never get to do again in. Oh, I know for sure, yeah. Because we are the genesis of our careers, is yeah. we 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 all have very different characters in in each play, so yeah. it's really fun watching. Um, you know, someone play a witch in Macbeth, and then play um, a, a school yeah. child in <laughs> well. a, a yeah. consensual.
3: Do you think there's a resurgence of people going to the theatre? I definitely. W- I saw Misty uh, mm. last Friday, amazing. which just yeah, totally amazing. blew, still blew my I still mind. I haven't been. Loads of uh, have been; it's exceptional. If anyone um, is wondering what I'm talking about, check out Misty. It's at the Trafalgar Studios, uh, a, a brilliant piece of theatre, mm. but it was full. And I remember seeing articles a few years ago where people say, you know, theatre's dying, no one's going to the theatre, all of these houses are going to close down. Mm -hmm. And actually, it it seems like theatre land is is thriving, walking down Waterloo, you know, Old Vic, Young Vic, National Theatre, it's all all thriving. Yeah.
5: I I think, like, whenever people say, you know, theatre's dying, I think... I think saying stuff like that is so redundant because theatre is part of our DNA. Like mm-hmm. since yeah. the dawn of time, there's been men it's and women tell, yeah. standing in front of other men and women telling stories, and and that's what theatre is. And I think we're part of a really exciting time now where, you know, appreciation for 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 storytelling and the difference of different stories that we're telling, and and you know, people of different races and different genders mm-hmm. playing different historical fi- figures, giving different interpretations. Yeah, it's, it's it's on the up. I don't yeah. think it's dying yeah. at, at all. Especially
0: the platform that we've been given with the rep company as well, with us having a female Macbeth and us playing historical characters. I think it's I think we're going in a really good place. Um
1: yeah, it's really reassuring. Yeah. Oh, you just make me want to give it all up and run away to the <laughs> <laughs> oh, in. This happens they're it. very young to my age every time. guys, thank you so much for coming in. If people want to find out more, if they want to come see it, where should they be looking?
5: They can look on either the Soho Theatre website, um, um, which will have details of um, Consensual and uh, Victoria's Knickers, yeah. or if they go on NYT.org.uk, okay. they'll see all the info. Yeah. Yeah. We, we start on tickets.
0: Monday, so it's really exciting. We've got one day to get all the excitement oh, Yeah. If
1: you've got you kids, look. do send them to the NYT yeah. website. It's the most incredible experience. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much you. for coming in. Go and see it. It's coming out on Monday, Victoria's Knickers. One, two, three, four... This has been Badass Women's Hour's Best Bits. If you liked it, please do rate, review, and subscribe us. We love that. Five stars. Um, Or come chat to us on social media. You can find us at Badass Women's Hour, HR, at Badass Women's Hour, or come talk to us individually. I'm at Harriet Minter,
4: at Emma Sexton, and
3: at Nat D. Campbell.
4: And we'll be here
1: again next week, same time, same place.
4: Planning for your next trip?